we're going to dive into God's Word, all right? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for giving us once again the opportunity to come together and to gather, to worship you, and to pray, and to love you, and to know you, and to know your word, that it would shape our lives. And so, Father, that we would know truth, and not just know truth, but live it, show it, and Lord, uh, to fight for it, to defend it. So, Father, speak to our hearts today as we continue in this book, the book of Jude. Thank you so much, Lord, for loving us the way that you do. And I decrease, that you would increase, I empty myself of myself. So fill me with yourself that everything that I say and do, any thought that enters my mind would be of you and not of me. Praise in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Jude, chapter 1, only one chapter in Jude. Verses 8 through 11 is today's text. We're now in part 3, part 3 of our series, Fight for Truth. Everyone say that, Fight for Truth. The truth. Uh, Before we dive into the text, as always, I want to do a quick review from last week's text, verses 5 through 7. And you might remember that Jude gave uh, gave us three examples from the Old Testament that showed uh, the sinful characteristics of the false teachers, or we can even call them apostates, and, and the certainty, say certainty, listen, the certainty of God's judgment. Say God's judgment. And the first example that Jude draws on is from the unbelieving Israelites who were destroyed. Look at verse 5. It says, though you already know all this, though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later what? Destroyed those who did not what? Believe. And you see, God did this because of apostasy. Apostasy, in other words, those who never really had the true faith but pretended to be a part of it. So these people were around there, right? The Israelites were around, they're there. They they looked the part, but they were not part of God. It was uh, their unbelief that led them to their destruction. They didn't believe God. They didn't stand for what was right. They didn't stand for the truth or truth, uh, the truth. It allowed evil influence to take over their hearts, and, and that's why they died in the wilderness. Listen, God... Listen, God was merciful, say merciful, to them in their deliverance, but he was also just, say just, in their rebellion, right? The rebellion and unbelief. Now, 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 I want you to listen and get this. God does not condone sin. Are you with me? And he will not, say he will not. God will not, listen now, will not allow sin to go unpunished, unpunished. The second example you might remember G draws on is from the fallen angels who rebelled against authority, the authority of God, and were judged. Verse 6, and the angels who did not keep the position of authority, but abandoned what? Their home or their abode, or we call it their dwelling with God. And these he has, these he has kept, speaking of the angels, in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. So these angels saw God, listen now, they saw God in all of his glory. Did you get that? All of his glory, they experienced the greatness of God, but yet what? They didn't want to be with God. And so they rebelled with God. That that just blows my mind. Why would you want to leave the very greatness and presence of God? But they did. They, They abandoned their abode, their place, their dwelling place, and now they are bound in eternal bondage until the great Day, a great judgment day. The third example Jude draws on is from Sodom and Gomorrah, and that's in verse 7. In, in a similar way, Jude writes, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to what? Sexual immorality and perversion. And they served as an example. That's so what he says. They served as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. 
Now, those two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, didn't occasionally, didn't occasionally commit sexual sins. No, they indulged in them. They indulged in them. And this was the way, excuse me, this was their way of life. And not, not only the way of life, but also their way of death. And this is what brought forth God's judgment. So God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah on the basis of their sexual sin. If you got it, say got it. This now brings us to today's text. Uh, the title of my message is Woe to Them. Everyone say that. Now, as we dive into the text, Judas continuing with the same thought that he sought to express in the previous verses. So two points from our text today. If you're ready, say yes. Number one is this, their description. Their description, say that. And what Jude does here, Jude, listen now, gives us a look at the description of the corrupt thinking, corrupt practices, and corrupt character of these false teachers, of these apostates. So first of all, look, notice this. They are dreamers. Write that down. They are dreamers. Say that. They are dreamers. And let's look at verse 8a. They are dreamers, verse 8a. In the very same way, your Bibles might render it as likewise, and understand that Jude, when he does here, he turns his attention to the false teachers and the apostates of his day, of his day. So he says, in the very same way or likewise, these dreamers. And so this could mean at least three things. Okay, first, that they claim, uh, they claim, uh, they get new revelation from God to do and say things which are not true. And so they're phony visionaries. The second thing could be that they dream up their own theology. Uh, they dream up their own spirituality because, it's, because it isn't real. The third thing that it could possibly mean is that they base their belief system on themselves and their own dreams and goals and not on the inspired Word of God. Now, now if you're safe, say amen. We as believers, listen now, we, we need to be on the lookout for religious leaders who stress feelings and emotions and who say God told them to say this. Are you guys with me? That God spoke to them in a dream and they, they based their whole theology, listen now, they based their whole theology on their dreams. And they're using their dream life as being divine authority. They're not interested in what the Bible actually says. And they go, listen now, by their own feelings, their own emotions, their own experiences, their own dreams and, and, and delusions, and their own authority, not on the Word of God. They have, listen, they have a dream world religion that revolves around themselves. Are you guys with me now? And we as believers, right, who know the truth, need to be on the lookout for people like that. Now, this begs the question, can God speak to you in a dream? Of course, he's God. He can do anything, right? Say he's God, right? But you need to be very, very careful. Listen now, Christians, very careful that you're not living your Christian faith based on your dream life. You need to live your Christian faith based on the word of life, God's word. Someone say amen. So they are dreamers. Notice the next thing, they defile the flesh. Write that down. They defile the flesh. Look at verse 8b with me. They defile the flesh. It says pollute their own bodies. They, they defile the flesh. Listen now, like, like who? Like Sodom and Gomorrah. And listen, these men don't just struggle with their flesh nature. They purposely defile it and fulfill the flesh desires. Now, the word pollute there 
specifically has to do with participating in things that are sexually immoral. And, and so these that Jude is warning us about live their lives, listen now, to please the flesh because of their rebellion against God. And they believe if it feels good, right, we, we hear this all the time, right? If it feels good, what? Do it. Do it. And they have the attitude that, that God's word doesn't matter. Just go ahead and fulfill your fleshly desires. Remember what Jude said about them back in verse 4. Look at, look at verse 4. Let's go back to verse 4. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for what? Immorality. So they defiled the flesh. They, they acted out, in other words, in their flesh. And there was no restraint. There was no holding back. Listen, friends, in other words, anything and everything goes. Now, this is, no, not something, this is not something new that just happened in Jude's day. I mean, this happened back in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Write this down, Genesis 6, verse 5. It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. All the time. What about in our day? What about in, in today's culture? Friends, we live in a day and an age, we live in a culture where anything goes, everything goes, everything goes, no restraint, no holding back, Humanity, listen now, is sinking to an all-time low. It shouldn't surprise us because the Bible really says that, right? But there's no conscience when it comes to sin. You notice that? No conscience when it comes to sin. I mean, just, just see what's on TV. Just see what's, what's on uh, at the movies or, or social media or, or the internet or TikTok. Our culture has been desensitized to sin. Are you with me? Now, I'm not saying that everything on, those, on social media is bad, but the majority, let's be honest, the majority of it is, right? Well, here's the lesson. You ready? Here's the lesson. Don't live after the flesh. Write that down. Don't live after the flesh. At, listen, listen, if you're saved, say amen. As believers, we are forbidden, say forbidden, from living our life after the flesh. I want to give you some scriptures to you so you can hear this and so I can prove this to you. 1 Peter 2, 11, write that down. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. And the King James renders it like this. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Did you, hear, did you hear that? As strangers and pilgrims. In other words, we're of the world. We're in the world, but not of the world, right? We're, we're, we're pilgrims, strangers passing through. He says, abstain from fleshly lust. Then he says this, which war against the soul. Got it? 2 Corinthians 7, 1. 2 Corinthians Chapter 7, verse 1, and Paul writes this, Having therefore these promises, dear friends, this is what he says, let us purify ourselves from everything, say everything, that contaminates body and spirit. You get that? Perfecting, this is what he says, perfecting holiness out, listen now, out of reverence for God. 
I got to read that again. It's, it's, it's amazing. Having, therefore, these promises, dear friends, speaking to believers, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of who? Out of what? Reverence for who? For God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16 says this. Peter writes this. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. All, say all. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Did you get that? They are dreamers. They defy the flesh. The next thing is this. They disregard authority. Write that down. They disregard authority. They disregard authority. Look at verse 8c with me. Then it says, reject authority. And just like, the, just like the people coming from Egypt, as well as the angels who rebelled, right? They rejected authority. The word reject there, listen now, means that they continuously and unceasingly set aside or reject or disregard authority. They continually disregard any authority. Now, this could include not submitting to the authority of God's word, not submitting to church leadership, or to even, listen, or to even governmental authority. Because false religious leaders, apostates, listen now, friends, are their own authority. They're not interested, they're not interested in truth, and they won't submit to it. In fact, friends, listen to what, 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 what Jesus speaks of of the religious leaders in his day, Matthew 23, 27. Write it down, Matthew 23, 27. And, and it says this, Jesus says, woe to you. There's that word, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. He's speaking to religious leaders. You hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the Bones of the dead and everything unclean. Man. Now about these false teachers and apostates, Jude's not saying this is a little struggle with them. He's not saying this is a little struggle with them at times. Rather, this is the, this is the habitual pattern of their lives. This is the way of life for them. They insist on their own religious agendas, insist on doing things their own way. Now, you see, by rejecting authority, listen now, by rejecting authority meant that they wanted to be in authority. Now, I want to read to you what David Guzik said. It's, it's powerful. He said this, Today, our, our culture encourages us to reject authority and to recognize self as the only real authority in our lives. He says this, We can do this with the Bible by choosing to only believe certain passages. We can do it with our beliefs by choosing at the salad bar of religion. Or we can do it with our lifestyle by making our own rules and not recognizing the proper authorities God has established. He goes on to say this, in the darkest days of Israel, society was characterized by a term, and he, and he puts down the, the scripture judges, 21.25, write that down, Judges, Judges 21.25. It says this, every man did what was right in his own eyes. And he says this, today this is the pattern 
of all the world and especially Western civilization. They disregard authority. Do we not see that today? The next one is this. They despise dominions. Say that. They despise dominions. Look at verse 8D. It says, and slander celestial beings. Okay, so the Greek literally reads, they blaspheme the glorious ones. means literally to speak to harm. And in general, therefore, means to bring into ill repute and so to slander. The, the present participle means that these people continually, continually speak profanely about sacred things, about celestial beings and, and, and glorious things of God. And so what Jude's saying is these guys would speak against anything that reflected God's glory, even angels, including angels. Now it's possible, I don't know, it's possible that they literally thought they were more glorious than God's own angels. They slandered, blasting the angels. Well, well, in contrast, and I want you to follow me here, in contrast to this, look at what Jude says. Look at verse 9. But even the archangel, Michael, and I want to stop there. Archangel means a leading angel. That's what it means, leading, a leading angel. Now, now the word archangel is never mentioned in the plural. Are you guys with me? Never mentioned in the plural. Michael is the only archangel mentioned in the Bible. Gabriel was not, listen, was not an archangel. He was a messenger angel. Are you guys with me? Michael is, listen, Michael is the, is the only archangel mentioned in the Bible. He is the key angel, listen now, connected to Israel. And he is mentioned four times in the Bible. Michael is mentioned in Daniel chapter 10 and chapter 12. And also in Revelation chapter 12, and also here in verse 9 of the book of Jude, four times in the Bible, Michael, the archangel, is, is mentioned. So Jude says, but even the archangel Michael, when he was, listen what he says, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him. If you got that, say, got it. But said what? What did he say? The Lord rebuke you. Did you get that? Now, this is likely the most difficult verse in all of Jude to understand. And here Jude speaks of a contention between Michael the archangel and the devil concerning the body of Moses. And this is a little that we know about that. What we do know, listen now, is that God had chosen Moses, right, to what? To lead uh, the people out of Egypt into the war, the promised land. But Moses was forbidden to enter the promised land. Why? Because he disobeyed God by hitting the rock rather than speaking to the rock. Well, at, at, at his death, Moses' death, God buried Moses in secret in order to prevent the Israelites from exhuming his body. Now, I want you to write this down. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 5 through 6. Deuteronomy 34, 5 through Six, and it says, And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. Verse 6 of Deuteronomy 34, He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. 
Get that? So Jude, what Jude's doing here, Jude's giving us a little insight here. In the text, he says, tells us that Michael the archangel got into a dispute with the devil about the body of Moses when he was buried. We're not certain what the argument was about. We don't know. There is a secular, listen now, there is a secular Jewish writing called The Assumption of Moses that presents about three different scenarios as to what happened, but the truth is we don't know. We don't know because God's Word does, God's word does not say. Now it's possible, stay with me now, it's possible that since Moses was dead, the devil wanted, this is now, wanted God to break off his covenantal program with Israel. Now, now, if this is true, then one thing you may look for in a false teacher or an apostate is a minimizing or demeaning of Israel. Are you with me? So what we learn here is that Michael recognized, and, and you've got to stay with me here, recognized that the devil had been created a higher-ranked angel than he was, and he, Michael, realized that he was not in a position to pronounce a judgment on the devil. If you're with me, say, say amen. So what Michael did, Michael, listen now, refrained from overstepping his bounds, and he chose not to engage the devil, but rather decided to leave that to who? God. Say to God. Let's look at the text again. When he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. In other words, Michael's job wasn't to pronounce a judgment on the devil. That was God's business. That was God's job. Now, now listen, church. As, as high a ranked angel as Michael was, he still recognized, say recognize. Come on, recognize the authority structure of God and submitted himself to it. Even when dealing with the devil. You see, even though Michael is the archangel, he doesn't go around sticking out his chest. Are you guys with me? Thinking, I'm going to take the devil down. Instead, he defers and stands behind the name of the Lord. Got it? And says, the Lord rebuke you. Now, here's the lesson. Are you ready? Here's the lesson. Stand in who Jesus is. Everyone say that. Stand in who Jesus is. And Jude's point is that these false teachers, these apostates, aren't following Michael's example of dealing with the devil. Listen, as one of God's former angels, the devil, Lucifer, is a being of great intelligence and great power. He's intelligent. He's powerful. Now, we are not to fear him, but we are to recognize that he's a powerful, intelligent foe. Do we recognize that? Yes. And by the way, and this may surprise some of you, the devil's not afraid of you. The devil's not afraid of me. He's not intimidated by me. He's not intimidated by you. He doesn't shudder and say, oh, there's Pastor Arnold. He doesn't do that. He's not afraid or intimidated by you or me, but he is afraid and intimidated by Jesus who lives inside of us. Are you with me? If you're saved, say amen. We have authority, but it's Jesus' authority. 
And our victory against the devil comes solely from Jesus. Not ourselves. Not ourselves, okay? We can't handle it on our own. We can't. Write this down, 1 John 4.4. 4. 1 John 4.4, 4. John writes, you, your children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you, in me, in you, in you, right, in me, in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And we need to learn from Michael, the archangel's example, and simply reply to demonic forces and the devil himself with the Lord rebuke you. Are you guys with me? We need to know our place behind the name of the Lord. Listen, when the devil comes knocking on the door, turn to Jesus. Come on, church, come on. Turn to Jesus and say, Lord, Lord, it's for you. <laughs> right? Say, say, Lord, it's for you. And then stand behind Jesus and let Jesus answer it. Amen? Our authority is not in ourselves. It's in Jesus. Are you with me? Let's look at verse 10 before we move on to the next point. It says, yet these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand and what things they do understand by instinct. They, like, like unreasoning animals, they are, they are the very things that destroy them. So these men speak profanely and arrogantly about things that they know nothing about when it comes to God. Now follow me here. The things they know are by their own instinct, not by the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? And not by the Scriptures. They're, they're like unreasoning animals, and as Jude says, these are the very things that destroy them. Got it? Warren Wiersbe said this, they believe in their heart they are promoting themselves instead of corrupting themselves. Now, now the fact that they act instinctively like animals implies they don't have the Spirit of God in them, as I said. And these men operate by their own instinct and not by the authority of God's Word. Got it? Point number two is their, de de their denunciation. Excuse me, their denunciation. Write that down. Their denunciation. And we're going to look at verse 11a, their denunciation. Verse 11a, and here we go. Dude says, whoa. Someone say, whoa. Come on, say, whoa, whoa. You know, we'll stop there because this is the only time in the New Testament a woe is given other than when Jesus said or spoke to the teachers of the law and the Pharisees and called them hypocrites and whitewashed tombs. Woe, woe is a great, listen, woe means great sorrow. It means great sorrow or distress. It means suffering. It means hardship. It means pain. And this is a woe judgment, this is now a woe judgment pronounced on them by God. A woe judgment pronounced on these false teachers and apostates by God. So he says, woe to them. Say, to them. So what Jude does, notice, woe to them. Jude once again links them to the Old Testament, and he gives three Old Testament examples to indict these false teachers. So let's read on. Woe to them, they have taken the way of who? Cain. Let's stop there. They have taken the way of Cain. And we find the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. Go home and read that. That's your homework. Both, listen now, follow me now. Both had the same parents and both brought sacrifices to God. Now Cain, say Cain, 
being a farmer, brought, listen now, brought an offering from his harvest. Abel, say Abel, being a shepherd, brought an offering, offering from his flocks. Both are, listen, both are presented as worshipers. Got it? Worshippers. Follow me here. You see, Cain looks like a real worshiper. He came to God with a sacrifice, but, someone say but, his heart was different from his brother's heart. His heart was filled with anger. His heart was filled with hatred. His heart was filled with jealousy, which resulted in him murdering his brother. You know the story, right? So he hated Abel. And he hated Abel because, listen now, it seemed that Abel did everything right, including pleasing God. Now get this. The way of Cain, get this now, the way of Cain is religion without saving faith. Got it? It's religion without saving faith. We call that apostates, right? The way of Cain is religion without saving faith. It's righteousness, listen now, it's righteousness based on good works. And you see, these false teachers and these apostates are compared to Cain. Cain exhibited self-righteousness. In other words, I can come to God in my own righteousness. I can come to God in my own way. I'm going to present my offering here. I don't need to come, listen, I don't need to come God's prescribed way. That's self-righteousness. And that's the way Cain came to God. Well, Cain ends up being disconnected from God the rest of his life. Are you guys with me? You see, and this is where I'm, I'm driving at. People can masquerade as true believers and worshipers. And they come with their offerings. They come with their sacrifices, right? They come as worshipers. They sing the songs. They know the words. But their lifestyle, say lifestyle, is not consistent with the sacrifice they're bringing to God. In other words, they're false. They're, they're counterfeit. Now get this, and please get this. God never separates the worship from the worshiper. He never separates this is now the worship from the worshiper. Follow me. When someone comes to God with a sacrifice, God doesn't look at the sacrifice first. Okay, He looks first at the heart. And if that person's heart, life is not consistent with the lifestyle of righteousness and love, God says, I don't accept that. The way of Cain is, a, is religion without Saving faith. Then he says this, verse 11b, they have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. Did you get that? The story is found in Numbers chapters 22 and 23 and chapter 31. Go home and read that. Balaam, some of you guys know the story of Balaam. I don't have time to really expound on this, but Balaam was a, a wacky prophet who turned against Israel and cursed them because Balak... Balak, a foreign, a foreign king, promised to pay Balaam big money. Well, he actually advised God's people to engage in, a, in sex orgies and, and sensuality with the women of Midian. Balaam wasn't, listen, Balaam was not interested in, 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 in the word or the will of God. He was not interested in that at all, but he was interested in making big money. It was all about 
The money. Say that. It was all about the money. So Jude uses this as an example to promote the fact, listen, friends, that false religious leaders will do anything for a good paycheck. They were not in it with right motives. They were in it for money, for the money. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. Don't we see this today? I mean, don't we see this today? I mean, just turn on the TV, right? Religious leaders who will say and do anything to get people's money. They will even tell them that their sin is okay if it means they get paid. Now, in Numbers chapter 31, verse 8, in Numbers 31, 8, it says that when Israel warred against the Midianites, Balaam was among those who were slain. Here's a lesson. Are you ready? Generosity. <laughs> Generosity, say that. The opposite of greed is what? Generosity. Be generous. Be a giver, right? And these false teachers, these apostates, listen now, are cut out of the same cloth as Balaam. Balaam's model was this, friends, was this. Do anything for a buck. Do anything for a buck. It's all about the money. And and as I said earlier, sadly, we see that in today's churches. It's not about the people. It's not about caring for the people in some churches. It's all about the pastor making all kinds of money. Right? If you're saved, say amen. Be very, very careful to not get all wrapped up in making money and getting rich. And i got to tell you, friends, I know some believers, God bless them, they're so wrapped up in making money and getting rich, they don't have time for God. I want, to, I want you to write this down, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10. Paul writes, as those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Are you guys with me? It's not wrong to have money. It's wrong when money has you. Then he says some people eager for money, ching have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Are you with me? Now, now hear my heart. There's nothing wrong with making money. But if that is your sole focus in life, as a believer, you better watch out. You better watch out. Are you guys with me? Verse 11c, they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Rebellion. And you find that story in Numbers chapter 16. Go home and read that. Great stuff in the Old Testament, man. We've got to read the Old Testament. Number 16. You might know the story. Uh, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram were, were jealous, of, jealous of the position that God had given Moses and Aaron. And Korah was mad that he wasn't a priest. He's ticked off. And so what he did, he, he rounded up about 250 men to challenge Moses and his God-given authority. And Korah was like, well, Moses, you're that, but you're not all that. He was jealous. 
didn't like it. The fact that God had placed Moses and even Aaron in a God-given authority. Well, if you know the story, God, what he does, God opens up the earth. <laughs> say, God, don't play. Come on, say, God, don't play. God opens up the earth, swallows up Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, right? And all those associated with them. And after he did that, guess what? Then, he, then the fire, fire consumed the 250 men. You're fired, right? And Jude's point is that false teachers, apostates, hate true authority. Are you with me? They hate those who have been chosen by God to be his real leaders. They oppose them and their teachings. Well, in the end, God will destroy these false teachers, these apostates, because they have gone the way of Korah. Amen? You see, Jude's saying that these false teachers, that these apostates are self-righteous, they're greedy and rebellious. It's apostasy, listen, it's apostasy caused by religious self-righteousness, the way of Cain, by financial greed, the way of Balaam, and by rejection of divine authority, the way of Korah. Got it? Say, got it. So, so as we kind of wrap this up here, as your pastor, as your shepherd, I'm going to always, and I mean always, always guard you from false teachers. Are you guys with me? Always guard and resist false teachers. But I can't do it alone. Say, pastor, can't do it alone. Say that. I need each of you, listen now, to commit, God bless you, commit, to commit to stand, contend, fight for truth. And follow God, listen now, follow God at all costs. Are you with me? So I want to give you two practical ways how to do that, okay? Okay, just write this down. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Know the Word of God. Say that. Know the Word of God. Know it. The Word of God. Know it and allow it. His Word. His truth. Listen now, friends. To shape your life. To shape your life. To shape your thought life to shape the way you live, to shape the way you think, to shape the way you speak, to shape the way you live. Know the Word of God. This is why it's important to listen to the messages on Sunday and to get involved in our Wednesday night Bible studies. By the way, October 13th, We'll start women's Bible study. It starts a new study entitled, Lord, I Want to Know You. Wednesday morning from 10.30 to 12. And Wednesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Men have a study Wednesday night starting October 13th here in the sanctuary. 7 to 8 on the book of Joshua. It's important, listen how important that you are involved in a Bible study. Also read the Word on a daily basis. You need a relationship with God's Word. Amen? 
And so you, you do this so that you are daily exposed to truth. Got it? To truth. To the truth of God's word so it shapes your life, shapes your mindset, shapes your worldview. So know the word. Say know the word. Second practical way is this. Be discerning. Be discerning. Be, listen now, okay, please listen. Be very discerning when you hear preachers, teachers, ministers, and evangelists on TV, YouTube, or any other form of social media say things. And when they say things, don't just say, don't just say, oh yeah, man, yeah, right on, man, amen, oh yeah, right on. Okay? Be discerning. Line it up with God's word. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not God's word. There are some wacky, weird, funky people out there saying things that are not biblical. And they're saying things in the name of Jesus. And I, I, I know some Christians who are listening to stuff, and I'm saying, they're like, amen, pastor. Like, no, no, not amen. That's not biblical, dude. That's not biblical. Be discerning. Be discerning, right? Be discerning. But you can't be discerning unless you know truth. Right? Know the truth. So know it. Show it. Fight for it. Amen? Let's praise him. Let's all stand. Father.